Hello. Um, hi to everyone, whether it's good morning, afternoon, or evening for you. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about some different uh, personality tests that you can take. And um, yes, we'll see if we can figure out what your personality type could be. So first off, I would like to start with, have you ever completed a personality test as a part of a job interview process? Um, so I think some companies do this maybe at a later stage. Um, and it's, it's kind of an interesting way to see maybe how you'll fit into the team. Often now companies are looking for diverse points of view. So they're looking for different types of people to join a team. Um, yeah, so there's a wide range of different tests out there, but there's a few that companies seem to prefer. And today we'll go through one of them in a little bit more detail. All right, come say hello in the chat if you're joining us today. Um, perfect, so I've completed personality tests a few times not just as part of the job interview process, but sometimes as um, kind of the annual review process, or if you're looking for a promotion, this is a common time when you might do one of these tests. Hello, Jenny. <laughs> All right. Um, I would like to know, have you ever heard of any of these tests before? So these, these are four of the kind of most common personality tests. Um, maybe you have them in your country as well. They've just translated it a bit. Um, so MBTI, Myers-Briggs, we're going to talk more about that today. Uh, the DISC personality test stands for dominance, influence, steadiness, conscientiousness. Uh, Strengths Finder is a book which comes with a test and it covers 34 uh, strengths. And so when you take the test, it will then rank these strengths for you in order. Um, and then there is the big five, which stands for openness, conscientiousness, which means kind of like self-discipline, agreeableness, extroversion, and neuroticism. So let's see if you've heard of any of these, or maybe you've heard of none of them. Um, these are common to take also at university. Often, like if there's a career office, they might be offering the chance for you to take one of these tests. And if you ever do have the opportunity, I highly recommend trying it out because it always is helpful to learn more about yourself for your own development, but also to learn about what the other types are because all of those people will be around you and then you know how to work better together. <clears throat> All right, so let's see here. Someone knows Big Five, MBTI for another one. Hi, Guga in the chat. <clears throat> Thanks for joining. Okay, yeah, I've always quite enjoyed taking these and it's not just about taking them at one point in your life. I think it's also interesting to maybe retake these tests after big changes. So maybe you take it when you're in university and then when you graduate, you take another one. Um, and maybe, as I said, as part of an annual review process at work. 
um, usually it'll stay pretty similar, but there might be some slight differences. Let's say you have children, maybe um, that's kind of changing some of your priorities and perspectives, could be. All right, hi, Mr. TM in the chat as well. Okay, so it seems that a couple people have heard of Myers-Briggs, which we will be talking about today. And maybe we can figure out what your MBTI type could be. Um, so this is from the big five that a couple of you knew, but I'm curious to hear which of these sounds most like you. So this would be kind of the way that you approach uh, challenges. Um, maybe if you're doing teamwork, you know, what would be your focus when you're working with other people? Are you open and creative? agreeable and focused on harmony. So kind of keeping the peace, you could say. Are you conscientious and self-disciplined? Are you very extroverted? So you're getting energy from other people or are you emotionally intelligent? So you're really thinking about um, how other people are feeling and how you're impacting them. What is your kind of approach? Let's see. Okay, we're having a bit of a mix here. Um, but most people saying conscientious and self-disciplined is their approach and emotionally intelligent as well coming up top. Cool. Yeah, so this one's called the big five. If you do a quick Google, I'm sure you'll find many tests. Some of them will be paid, but there's also some, some free versions online to go and see um, where you fall exactly after answering some multiple choice questions. So if you're interested, um, go and have a look at Big Five um, on the internet and try the test. But today we are gonna focus on the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Okay, so this test results in 16 different personalities or 16 different preferences, ways of seeing the world. Um, it's how you interact with other people and when you learn about this, it helps you to um, adapt your approach to other people. As I said, it's not just about knowing yourself, but knowing what the other people around you could be like. Um, and this can help you influence and persuade them. So this is a great strategic skill to have. People using this. So various situations would be a great time to take the MBTI test. You might be looking to develop yourself, improve your teamwork, understand stress levels for yourself or others, resolve conflicts. Sometimes people see things really, really differently. Um, there might be different leadership styles which are more or less effective. And finally, managing change. Um, I've also interestingly done MBTI in a work setting where everyone did the individual test and then they were brought together to show what our team MBTI was. And so this was an interesting way to see what our preferences and strengths were as a team. So we each could look at ourselves individually and see if there was kind of one area that we were landing, but also maybe to see our gaps. So um, it's important. I think nowadays people are appreciating diversity of thought a lot more. And so if you are able to understand the preferences of individuals and the team, you're gonna be much more effective. Um, 
So it's really important. And when I'm talking about all this, I'm not saying that you can't do um, this is you and this is your personality forever. No, it's just your preference. So let me give you a bit of an example to explain what I mean. Um, so if you're right-handed, this is where you're comfortable. You know, you can write very smoothly, clearly. This is your preference. Some people are ambidextrous, which means they can use both hands. But for most people, myself included, if I try to write with my left hand, I can do it, but it's going to be very slow. And um, over time, I could practice to become proficient at writing with my left hand. But my preference is my right hand. So that's kind of the same idea as the Myers-Briggs test, is that it's where your preference lies. Um, but of course, you can always learn the other side. Uh, and so with this particular test, um, you're looking at a scale um, from for four different categories. So in the picture, you'll see we're looking from extroversion to introversion. Where do you get your energy from? External or internal? Uh, sensing versus intuition. What kind of information do you prefer to use? And I will give some examples of that in a bit. Thinking or feeling, what's your process to make decisions? Are you more mind or more heart? <laughs> um, and judging or perceiving. So how do you deal with the world around you? And again, we'll go through some examples so that can make more sense. Let's start with the first, um, the first scale. So extroverts, introverts. Um, it doesn't mean that you're social or not. It just means where do you get your energy from? Are you the type of person who, if you're alone um, all day, you'll feel just really drained and um, like you're missing something? Or are you someone who um, goes to a party and it really exhausts you talking to so many people? Um, you don't necessarily want to be at a party for four hours. Let's say you just want to go say hi and catch up with some friends and then go. Um, so yeah, again, not to do with like whether you're socially confident or capable. It's just about how you energize yourself. So let's look at an example for a meeting. So an extrovert and an introvert are in a meeting. The extrovert's going to want to talk through their thoughts and the introvert needs time to reflect. Um, so maybe that's kind of interrupting them a bit. They're trying to, trying to focus. Um, the extrovert might be really frustrated by these introverts who aren't contributing to the conversation. And the introvert is like, come on, just let me have a moment. <laughs> I need to think. Uh, so this is how it might play out in a meeting in a professional situation. Okay, so on this first scale, please let me know, do you think you prefer extroversion or introversion, where you get your energy from? Um, yeah, so some more examples of this while you're answering. Do you prefer you know, quiet spaces for reflection and concentration, or do you like a busy happening environment? Um, what kind of hobbies do you enjoy? Are you out doing team sports? Or do you like to um, read and do individual sports more? Um, something that 
requires reflection and concentration. Okay. And I will tell you where I land on the scale, but towards the end when we go through everything and uh, I'll see if you can guess where you think I would be. Um, or put it in the chat if you, as we're going through these, if you wanna guess what you think my preference would be, let me know. Perfect, so we have more extroverts than introverts, it seems in the, in the um, stream today. And so those are people who get energy from external sources again, rather than energy from inside. Perfect. Let's go on to the next sliding scale. <laughs> uh, sensors versus intuitives. Um, so I don't want you to confuse this with being sensitive. Um, that's not the point here. Um, it's not to do with um, having a gut feel for something. Um, sometimes we say for intuition. Uh, this is just about how you like to take in information. So a sensor is gonna be very detail oriented um, and they're gonna be very practical. Whereas an intuitive is gonna be more of a big picture person they might kind of ignore the details and they just wanna talk about you know, creation and innovation. So the sensor's a bit more grounded in reality and the uh, intuitives are kind of, um, yeah, more innovators maybe in wanting to look at the next different thing. So in a work setting um, with email communication, the sensor is gonna be specific, detailed. It might be quite a long and complicated email, and so when the intuitive receives this email, they're like, what is the point? What's the big picture? <laughs> um, and they don't really want all that detail. And so this is one of the situations where it's important to know what other people are like, because if you are a, sense, a sensor and you're sending an email to an intuitive person, you shouldn't go into all the details. I would start an email then with the point. <laughs> And then maybe I'd give the backup details below. Whereas if I'm an intuitive sending an email to a sensor, I'm gonna probably try to be a bit more detailed and then kind of build up to what the point is, but they're gonna want all the background information. So this is um, a good example of how you can change your style depending on if you realize how the counterparty, the other person, prefers to receive information. Okay, so sensing versus intuition. Where do you think you lie? And so, so far our group was more E. Let's see where our group is more here. Are you more sensing or intuition? I'll give you a couple more examples. Um, let's see. So let's give an example of going to get some Ikea furniture. Are you the type of person who is going to follow all the instructions sensor or might you, you might just give it a go and, and see how it, how it, how it works out. That would be more intuitive. Um, what information do you need when you're buying something? Are you going to want to look at all the details and reviews or do you just kind of maybe ask a couple people's opinion and go for it? Um, okay, cool. So we are um, more on the intuition side of things too with our group that we have here today. 
Cool. So let's go on to the third one. Thinkers versus feelers. Um, this is how you make decisions. And this doesn't mean that the people who are thinkers don't have a heart <laughs> um, or empathy. It just means that, um, you know, that's kind of their preference for making decisions. If you had a big decision in front of you, what would be your approach? So thinkers are making decisions using logical analysis. They like to make maybe pro-con lists. And um, they're really, for them, um, some important values are honesty, consistency, and fairness. And feelers um, will tend to be more sensitive, but highly cooperative, looking to work well with others. Um, so it's not just about how their own actions and values are, but they will think a lot about other people and how those people are affected by their actions. So in a work setting, again, um, feedback. So maybe you have an annual feedback process. Um, someone who has a thinking preference will be very task focused and they might be more direct and critiquing the other person. Whereas someone with a feeling approach would be more likely to support and praise the person. It might give, make them really uncomfortable um, to give someone feedback. Now, of course, this is where a conflict could definitely occur. If you have um, someone who's strong thinking, giving feedback to a feeling person and not recognizing that they are like that, you could really um, leave them feeling frustrated, unsupported, and unhappy. Um, so I think if you're someone who is going to be giving feedback, uh, even if you're more of a thinking approach, consider who is on the other side of the table and the best way that they will receive that information and take it on board. If you're just critiquing them and they're feeling really down, they, they might not take what you say on board. They might just be um, really frustrated and uh, yeah, demotivated. And you don't wanna have demotivated people on your team. So let's say, um, so what would be your preference in the group here when you are approaching decisions um, or approaching things like feedback? Are you more thinking or more feeling? Um, a couple more examples here, let me see. Um, So, for example, if you're being recognized for some work that you've done, are you someone who wants to be, um, you want someone to say, you've done a great job on this task, or are you someone, are you someone who wants to hear, um, you've made a really valuable personal contribution to this project? <laughs> Something like that. So, <clears throat> what's more important for you? Okay. Let's see here. Thinking so far is in the lead. Excellent. All right, so we just have one more category, uh, one more scale to look at, and then um, we can think about what is our group as a whole then. <laughs> so, so far, I think we had E as the majority, N, and then T. So we have one more um, so we can figure out what our group MBTI might be as a majority. Um, 
Let's see the next one. Judgers versus perceivers. How you deal with the world around you. So judging doesn't mean that you're being, you know, judgmental or harsh. It just means that you might be more of like an organized and prepared person. You like to have a plan and you might be a bit more of a rule follower. Um, perceivers, they're people who like to keep their options open. Um, they want to be able to act spontaneously. They might not want to be um, stuck to a plan. Um, so they're more flexible, potentially. That's the difference between judges and perceivers. And how would this work in a job setting? Um, so for example, you're working on a project, the judger would make a plan, allocate tasks, uh, maybe delegate those tasks to their team, and then they wanna get it done as soon as possible. The perceiver is gonna consider options, have a bit more of a flexible approach, and um, you can imagine how this also creates conflict. So the judging preference might be wanting to get things done, and they're really annoyed at how long the perceiver is taking to discuss options. Um, and the perceiver is like, hold on, let's consider, uh, consider other ways. It might not be um, our first um, instinct. Okay, so again, let's see here. What is your preference? Um, do you like to work um, in more of a planned approach or are you maybe more of a last minute pressure kind of person so you consider options and then the pressure hits at the end? Um, okay. And another way to see this is, are you someone who sees play as a reward for finishing work? Um, so that would be more judging. Or are you someone who uh, thinks life's too short not to play whenever you can, which is more perceiving? <laughs> okay, so more perceiving here. So our, our group has come under ENTP is our preference. So we'll get to what that means um, as a group. Um, okay, so our group landed at ENTP. I'm curious to know what you think um, my preference would be. So these are some kind of little, little ways to um, explain some of the 16 personality preferences. So the inspector is um, someone who is organized, a creator. They like systems and institutions. The composer, ISFP, is more gentle, um, living in the present, and pretty cheerful and enthusiastic. The ESFJ is a provider, so they, they're quite sensitive to the needs of others and they're very dedicated to their responsibilities. The INFP is, the, um, is more of an idealist guided by core values and beliefs. And the ENTJ, the commander, um, is like a strategic leader motivated to organize change. Let's see what you guys think could be my preference type. <laughs> And as I said before, these are all preferences. And each of those four is a sliding scale. So there's some tests 
that you can take online for this and it will show where you land on that scale. So for example, um, you might be like, oh, I'm kind of both. Like I'm a little bit extroverted, I'm a bit introverted. You might be what's called like a slight extrovert, a moderate or an extreme. And same on the other sides, you might be slight, moderate or extreme. And um, that's really helpful to understand as well because sometimes, um, yeah, when you do the test, it will show you uh, to what degree are you preferring that? And that just means it might be a bit harder for you to do the other side. Remember like writing with your right hand or left hand? Um, so I'll give you an example of that for myself in a moment. So people are saying ESFJ or ENTJ or INFP. Okay, let's do the reveal. <laughs> um, so I've taken this test several times and um, most of the times I have got ENTJ pretty strongly. So um, some of the letters where it might not be as strong of a preference for me. So extroversion, introversion, I'm moderate. Um, intuition, I'm slight on intuition. So it means I do like to have some details, but um, slightly on the intuition side. Thinking, I'm extreme thinker, so it doesn't mean I don't have a heart. It just means that I really am a highly logical person, and that's how I approach problems. And Jay, I think I was moderate. Um, yes, and so the ways that you can describe the ENTJ is that we'll see inefficiencies and we want new solutions analytical and objective, want to bring order to the world around us, motivated by success, um, can be blunt and decisive. And on one website, it said it was the least common type in the population and very rare in women, which is kind of an interesting fact. Um, so I'm going to go back to that the website that I was using and talk about what our group was. So our group was ENTP as a whole. So that was the majority of people. Um, and so that is nicknamed the visionary. So I will put a couple of facts in the chat here about our stream group today. So ENTPs are inspired innovators, motivated to find new solutions to intellectually challenging problems. What else can we say about them? I'll put a couple more points here. Um, they are curious and clever and seek to comprehend the people, systems, and principles that surround them. They might be open-minded, unconventional, and they want to analyze, understand, and influence other people. All right, so that is the MBTI. As I said, um, there's some free online versions. A lot of companies will also offer you to do the extended test, which shows you the degree to which you fall in that category. So if you are at a larger company with um, kind of like a learning and development team or large HR team, I encourage you to go ask them about trying to do this test. Um, the paid version uh, usually is done through like a career center or your HR. Um, and yeah, learn more about yourself 
but also how you can work better with others, how you can influence others to come around to what you actually want, uh, some, some, some techniques to uh, be more effective. So let me know in the chat if you have any other questions, if you're surprised by any of this, um, and if you join another stream, even if it's on a different topic, I would be really interested to hear if you did the test and what your type ended up being. So if you remember, let's go back here. We had the, the 16, the 16 personality types um, or 16 personality preferences. Awesome. Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed the stream today and enjoy the rest of your day and uh, have a good weekend. If you don't, if we don't see each other before then, <laughs> take care. Bye.